The musician Prince, one of the most inventive music makers of his era, has died at his home in Minneapolis. It's war, but not with tanks and guns. This time, tariffs and Twitter feeds the ammunition in the latest escalation of a bitter trade dispute between the US and China. Thousands of fans of Grammy-nominated rapper and community activist Nipsey Hussle are in a state of shock today. They are mourning the hip-hop star's ultimately and violent death. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was murdered in broad daylight outside a clothing store that he owned in South Los Angeles. Black Panther blew past box office estimates in its opening weekend. Huge crowds of people packed into theaters across the country to see this new superhero movie. So far, the film has raked in an estimated $192 million in the U.S. and Canada. That makes it the fifth highest grossing opening weekend in Hollywood history. And let me just uh, bring you some breaking news that's reaching us, and that is uh, Whitney Houston, the uh, singer, has died. We're getting reports now from her publicist, uh, Kristen Foster, has confirmed uh, that the singer has died. Uh, she was 48 years old. The Cambridge Analytica revelations suggest that there is something rotten in the state of our democracy. The current electoral law is woefully inadequate at dealing with the combination of big money and big data. Greetings to all of you, wherever you are in the world, at whatever time of day. And an enormous welcome to the City of London and to the Olympic Stadium for the Olympic Games of 2012. Is there room for a third category of device in the middle? Something that's between a laptop and a smartphone. And of course, we've pondered this question for years as well. Something that's better at browsing the web than a laptop? We think we've got something that is. And we'd like to show it to you today for the first time. And we call it the iPad. Steve Jobs, the visionary founder and leader of Apple Computer, has died at the age of 56. A giant in business, technology, and entertainment. Hello, welcome to the final episode of the Redesign Podcast for 2019. It's been a journey and a half since launching back in 2018. So I would like to thank all of you regular listeners and everyone else for your continued support and for rocking with me so far really appreciate you don't forget if you want to get involved in the conversation use the hashtag redesign pod on twitter and of course you can follow me on the socials at andrew underscore cbx both on instagram and twitter or follow the official redesigned instagram account at redesign pod without further ado let's get cracking with this week's episode Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. So this week we're going to be looking at a few highlights of the past decade in technology, digital culture, business and new media. But before that, let's jump into some news. According to the BBC, a 22-year-old man has admitted trying to blackmail Apple 
by claiming that he had access to millions of iCloud accounts. So if you don't know what iCloud is, it is Apple's uh, cloud storage app where people store their photos, lots of personal information on there. So people are storing their files, maybe their CVs, work documents, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, he basically told Apple that, yo, if you don't pay up, yeah, like I've got I've got everyone's passwords here. Like I've got 319 million accounts, yeah, access to 319 million accounts. Unless you give me 100 grand worth of iTunes vouchers, I'm going to wipe all 390 million accounts. Yeah, and this is a 22-year-old guy from North London. But anyway, Apple actually took it seriously because obviously they can't risk that smoke. They don't want... They don't want anything to happen to those accounts. Obviously, it would be a catastrophe if that was actually true. So they've got to take these, these kind of claims seriously. So Apple investigated, but they couldn't find any evidence that suggested that their systems had been compromised. So he's been given a two-year suspended jail sentence in order to do 300 hours of community service. So this is just like come to light. Um, it happened back in 2017. So March 2017, to be precise. Um, the guy basically emailed Apple security team claiming to have um, breached their security systems and and hacked into millions of iCloud accounts. Funny enough, he actually posted a YouTube video that appeared to show him breaking into a couple of accounts as well. Um, and he threatened to sell the account information, put the database online and reset all the accounts <laughs> unless Apple gave in to his uh, demands for the iTunes gift cards. Um, and he also said that he would accept cryptocurrency as well. But and then later he was arrested at his home in North London about two weeks after sending this threat. Absolute mad thing. Also in the news, Facebook said it will no longer allow people to join the Facebook Messenger app unless they had an active Facebook account on their actual platform. Back in 2015, they decided to let people use Messenger just by using their mobile phone number. They did this because they were hoping to grow their user base and get more people on it. But now it's going to ask that people set up an actual Facebook account to use Messenger. Who uses Facebook Messenger though these days? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do you use Facebook Messenger? I'm still on WhatsApp. WhatsApp is good enough for me, even for business use. WhatsApp is, is good enough for me, man. I'm not sure about this Messenger stuff. But hey, I'm sure they know what they're doing. There was a uh, plan to unify all the apps together. Messenger, WhatsApp and Instagram, as well as Facebook. Um, yeah, face Facebook are up to some interesting stuff. Uh, only time will tell us. We've just seen that they've basically rebranded all their apps to make everyone know that this is by Facebook. So you've got Instagram by Facebook, WhatsApp by Facebook. And... Um, be interested to see what they are up to let's go for a quick break what we gonna do right here is go back way back back into time i bought something from you last week and i'm very disappointed oh yeah what's the problem yeah well my blackberry is not working <laughs> What's about it? Run out of juice? <laughs> no, no, it's completely frozen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. I'll tell you what. 
Let's try it on orange. <laughs> That's got a few black spots, you see. Oh, dear, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, how did you get my blackberry working? Well, it could be an application issue. But where do you store that blackberry? Well, it's on my desktop. Well, you could try using a mouse to drag the blackberry to the trash. <laughs> then after you've done that, you might want to launch the blackberry from the desktop. <laughs> well, I've already tried that a few times. I mean, all it did was mess up windows. <clears throat> well, it might be worth waiting a couple of weeks. They got the latest blackberries coming in then. Well, could you give me a date? Certainly. <laughs> Let me put that date in my diary. Anything else I can help you with? Yes, yes. I've also got a problem, to be honest, with my apple. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. That is an old apple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you buy that? Yeah, last week. Last week? Oh, they brought out two new apples since then. <laughs> What's the problem with it? Well, I've tried to put my dongle in it, and <laughs> it won't fit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big's your dongle. Well, I don't know much about these things, but my wife's seen a few dongles in her time. <laughs> and she says it's a little bit on the small side. Well, I'm afraid there's not a lot I can do about that. <laughs> Tell you what, let me try booting it. <laughs> no, it's crashed. <laughs> <laughs> The 2010s are probably the most culturally defining years for digital culture. A decade ago, you couldn't just get an Uber or a Bolt or you wouldn't be endlessly scrolling through your newsfeed looking at pictures on Instagram. It was a decade where we swapped push-button phones for touchscreens, traded DVDs and Blu-rays for streaming and binging our favourite movies and TV shows on demand. And we've also decided along the way that we'd rather rent content rather than own it so back in the day yeah we would buy cds dvds all that kind of stuff now we are on a subscription model for pretty much every part of our entertainment and it's also the decade where it became normal to meet the love of your life on the internet or hook up with someone using an app such as tinder in the last 10 years the digital age has had a huge impact on entertainment how we communicate how we work meet people and so much more so I picked out a few specific moments in history this decade which have really changed our world forever. I'm going to be doing this in some sort of chronological order. So let's start with the mass adoption of touchscreen phones with the birth of the iPhone 4. So let's get back to iPhone. In 2007, iPhone reinvented what we think of as a phone. It's hard to remember what it was like before iPhone. Carriers controlled what was on the phone. There were a few apps, but nothing like we think about apps today. There was no free market for apps. There was no app store. It was really different before the iPhone. And the iPhone started to change all of that in 2007. It was a revolution. In 2008, we added 3G networking and the app store. In 2009, the iPhone 3GS was twice as fast 
And we added some other cool features like video recording. For 2010, we're going to take the biggest leap since the original iPhone. And so today, today, we're introducing iPhone 4. Although the first generation Apple iPhone, which was released in 2007, was the first touchscreen smartphone to kind of gain mass adoption, Apple announced that they had just sold 1.7 million of its iPhone 4 in just three days following its launch on June 24th, 2010. Now, the reason why the iPhone 4 is so important is that it was the device that gave us FaceTime, which really brought video calling to the masses. So at one point, video calling was really something out of science fiction. But because of the iPhone 4, because of things like FaceTime, a lot of us are video calling now and um, it's really become the decade of the smartphone social media the app store there's an app for almost anything you can think of now making a lot of things obsolete so you only have to just look around you on your commute on the train on the bus back in the day everyone would have had their head buried in a book or a newspaper but people are doing those exact same things reading their favorite magazine or their favorite newspaper in digital form on their phones or instead of listening to their mp3 player or their ipod or their walkman these terms are so flipping oh a walkman you know uh, last time i saw a walkman was probably in the early 90s but anyway what i'm trying to say is the smartphone has literally replaced everything cameras camcorders personal stereos books like there's apps for absolutely everything we're going to be talking about wearables as well which was another thing that came out of this decade um but yeah i mean you have if you go to like a school play everyone has their phone out all the parents have their phones out whereas back in the day not everyone would have had a camera but those parents that wanted to like document what was going on would have their own cameras but now everyone is pointing a phone at what's going on so the iphone 4 was a very pivotal moment for smartphones and the shift of power between the top players in mobile communication so we're talking about nokia and blackberry those two companies were the top companies at the time but that was going to be very very short-lived with the rise of ios and the app store and the android operating system which are totally dominating the mobile phone market at this present moment Let's talk about BlackBerry for a sec anyway. This is a little snippet from The Independent. It says, As such, it joins Nokia as a once iconic brand now consigned to history. BlackBerry's death happened perhaps more gradually, going from being second in the mobile phone market behind Nokia in 2009, when it controlled 20% of the market, to much less than 1% now. The BlackBerry was once a cultural phenomenon inspiring the CrackBerry idea of people glued to their work email and communications it also made its way into people's personal lives with blackberry messenger becoming a central part of people's communications in the mid 2000s yeah i definitely remember having a few blackberries so when you think about it back in 2007 2008 blackberries were kind of like the only smartphone that you would want to be seen with um, but nowadays it's all about the iPhone. It's all about the Samsung Galaxy range. 
what other what other mobile phone manufacturers popping at the moment huawei um but before the iphone really popularized touchscreen phones it was all about hardware keyboards and push email that was the thing that was the main thing the ability for people to access their emails on the go and this was before social media was really popping off to be fair so it was still about email and and text messaging and people actually used to make phone calls on the phone like these days like we don't even use the phone for its primary function which is to talk to people like voice calls i don't even know what that is anymore to the point where people actually like culturally people actually consider it rude <laughs> to actually like you call someone unannounced they actually take offense to it which is actually mad never thought i'd see the day that would happen but yeah um blackberry's slow decline was basically down to their lack of foresight they didn't see the trend um they didn't see the trend towards touchscreen and they didn't see the trend towards apps and that was the the one thing that steve jobs was like he's a genius for that realizing the potential of having an app to kind of transform your phone from just a, a normal communication device to a complete i don't know swiss army knife which is just capable of doing absolutely anything like it's literally you're walking around with a powerful computer in your pocket so it's not just a communication device it's a device for entertainment it's a device for work uh, creativity like these days you can even like you can create a whole song or a whole movie on your phone so this is the decade where all these things started to become realized it became mainstream the idea of being able to totally create anything you want on your phone uh, start a business on your phone that really happened in this past decade and unfortunately blackberry wasn't part of that conversation and one of the biggest reasons for that that uh, i still maintain is that the app store was absolute trash compared to the uh, ios app store but such is life that's what happens in business if you don't innovate or evolve you get left behind um we saw a lot of companies disappear in this decade as well one of them being blockbuster video which we'll talk about a bit later but while we're talking about 2010 let's talk about instagram instagram is probably the most important social media network of our time it launched in october 2010 and um they signed up 25,000 people on the first day by 2011 it became apple's iphone app of the year and by 2012 facebook ceo mark zuckerberg paid a massive one billion dollars to buy out the company definitely one of the biggest acquisitions in the history of technology it's one of the fastest growing apps the world has ever seen that's revolutionized the way we express ourselves in a single photo Kevin Systrom turned down a job from Mark Zuckerberg in college, shared a desk with Jack Dorsey as an intern at what became Twitter, then in 2010 launched Instagram as we know it. Just two years later, he reunited with Zuckerberg and made Silicon Valley history, agreeing to sell Instagram to Facebook for a billion dollars. The company had just 13 employees and just 30 million users. 
Today, over half a billion people on the planet use Instagram every month, sharing more than 95 million photos and videos a day. So Instagram has like definitely shaped us culturally more than perhaps predicted. And it's had a massive impact on how we socialize, how we meet people and also how we discover products and services. So if you think of the early 2000s, if you look at the 2000s, that was more the search era. 2010s was more of the social media era. And I do think the 2020s will hold something different. Yes, we're still going to be heavily invested in social media, but I do think there's going to be a different twist. Not sure what it is, but I think things are going to be different, especially because of privacy, which we'll kind of talk about a bit later on as well. So Instagram, love it or hate it, it has been responsible for a lot of hookups, a lot of fallouts, some marriages, some babies, cheating discoveries. Uh, we just got rid of the explore. What's it called? The the activity feed. Hmm. Very controversial. But uh, but yeah. Speaking of hookups and dating and that kind of stuff, this decade was the decade where online dating literally exploded. It became a normal thing. Back in the day, um, if you said that you you meet someone online people look at you like you're crazy but now it is absolutely the norm to meet someone on the internet and uh, tinder was definitely one of those breakthrough apps that made it easy for um, people to meet potential partners and whatnot so tinder is a social search and dating app that allows users to use a swiping motion to like by swiping right or dislike by swiping left and allows users to chat if both parties like each other aka a match and this was launched in 2012 and by 2014 tinder was registering about 1 billion swipes per day the rest is history depending on who you ask it's either revolutionized dating or ruined it Tinder is the world's hottest relationships app, and for many Brits, its unique selling point is clear. Have you heard of Tinder? I've heard of it, yeah. What do you associate Tinder with? Uh, dating. What do you associate Tinder with? Uh, people that want to meet to hook up. Just sex, let's be honest. <laughs> Hookups. There's <laughs> nothing else. So it's, it's part of our culture now. All these things weren't here just 10 years ago. It's, it's actually amazing. In 2012, we got 4G, the mobile internet. That was definitely a game changer in terms of accessing the internet on the move. That's really what kind of unlocked the smartphone's potential. The ability to get apps quickly, the ability to send videos and photos at speed and at scale. I think 4G was the tipping point and, and without it, we wouldn't be able to have apps like Instagram, uh, YouTube wouldn't be as popular things like Netflix Spotify Spotify on a mobile phone wouldn't have been possible with just the standard 3G access that we had just um, a few years before the iPhone 5 was the first 4G compatible phone in 2012 I think that definitely ushered in a new wave of mobile phone usage and uh, that's when we started to see web browsing on mobile eclipsed that of uh, web browsing on desktops so people kind of started to move away from using a desktop on a laptop and um, this was the first time we actually started to 
be more reliant on our mobile phones than we were with desktop computers, which is a massive cultural shift if you actually think about it. And by 2015, Google announced that more Google searches take place on mobile devices than on computers in 10 countries, including the US and Japan. That is crazy. So this was the decade of mobile, where right? we can't even argue with that. People still buy laptops and desktop, maybe for like business use or whatnot, but the average consumer doesn't really need a computer or a desktop when you've got a mobile phone. In May 2011, Royal Bank of Scotland launched the world's first fully functioning banking app, initially available on um, the iOS app store. It was soon rolled out to Blackberry and Android users. Um, and during its first six months, over a million users signed up for the service. And by then more than a billion pounds was transacted using the app as well. So, this was the beginning of when people stopped going to the cash point so much yeah and started to rely on you know using apps to check their financial situations so i don't know about your routine in the morning mine is definitely check email check my bank account check socials um yeah that's another massive cultural shift online banking and how we uh, transact with money a lot of it is done on our smartphones don't take that for granted and that's only been a conversation in the last nine years imagine that the first banking app 2011 world bank of scotland so another social media app entered the space in 2011 by the name of snapchat so snapchat is a messaging app formerly known as Peekaboo, which was released on the iOS operating system on July 8th, 2011. And it was created by Evan Spiegel, Bobby Murphy and Reggie Brown, former students at Stanford University. They all seem to come from Stanford University, um, which is interesting. But yeah, this social media app was very different in comparison to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where the content kind of just stays. This was different because the pictures would disappear after a certain amount of time. So it's, so it's ephemeral content. So they were the originators of the, the story format. So if you look at Instagram stories, I don't know where you've been if you didn't know this, but yeah, Instagram stories, they got the idea from Snapchat where people would post uh, video updates or photo updates, which would disappear after a certain amount of time. So Facebook saw this, obviously they don't really like competition. Facebook reportedly tried to buy Snapchat in 2013 for $3 billion. Even Spiegel refused the offer. So obviously Zucks must have thought, okay, that's a violation. I'm going to go and create the exact same thing and we're going to kill you at your own game. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what they did. I'm not sure how relevant Snapchat is at the moment. But yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is very, very smart. Don't agree with his business practices, but hey, I guess the game is the game. But either way you look at it, Snapchat has definitely influenced the landscape of social media uh, as a whole. Like stories, Instagram stories, which was launched in 2016, has made the barrier of entry to content creation on Instagram a lot lower. So it's a lot easier for people to create without having to worry about curating perfect feeds. And that changed a lot of um, Instagram's aesthetic as well. So with Instagram stories came the 
idea of FOMO or fear of missing out. People would go to events and share what they're, wherever they're going, share what's happening at the event for Instagram stories. Um, so you're kind of like living vicariously through people's Instagram stories. It's had a questionable effect on our, our mental health and the way we interact with our phones. Uh, could be seen as unhealthy, but that's for a different discussion. But yeah, that's just one of the ways that it has changed the landscape of social media and how we actually interact with our phones, giving it new, new meaning. A lot happened around 2014, between 2014 and 2016. Another thing is uh, Amazon Alexa was launched. So this is when we started to talk to our devices. This is the start of the era of the Internet of Things, where it's not just computers or phones connected to the Internet. It's actual devices like speakers, light bulbs, being able to control stuff by voice um, and artificial intelligence. So Amazon Alexa, that started in 2014. Then you've got the Google Assistant, which was in 2016, and then the Apple HomePod in 2018. And this kind of marks the smart speaker era as well. We're now interacting with technology in the most natural way possible, by talking. People talk to their Amazon Echo every day. And while it's been love since the first conversation, what people really love is Alexa. More than the voice of Echo, she's the brain behind millions of Alexa-enabled devices, understanding and replying to questions in seconds. And while she's great at weather updates and playing music, that's just the beginning. Alexa has infinite abilities. We call these skills. Developers have already created thousands of Alexa skills, and the selection is growing every day. Developers are making Alexa smarter with every skill they create, helping you plan dinner or ordering it for you, powering your smart home or getting you out of the house. Our services make it easy for brands, marketers, makers, and developers to create experiences for Alexa-enabled devices with the Alexa Skills Kit and bring voice to their own devices with Alexa Voice Service. At Amazon, we're committed to voice technology. In addition to Ask and AVS, we have the Alexa Fund, a $100 million investment in voice technology innovation. We've started with Alexa in the Amazon Echo, Echo Dot, Amazon Tap, and Amazon Fire TV. Where she goes next and what she'll say is up to you. The only question is, what will you create? Twenty fifteen, you had the Apple Watch, so this was Apple's first release under the new CEO Tim Cook after Steve Jobs had passed away. So the Apple Watch, another game changer, connecting your watch to the internet and uh, collecting data on your vital statistics, your health, your movements. All of that stuff is being sent to the cloud. And this, like I said before, this was all sci-fi stuff, science fiction. But this is real, real stuff now. 2016, you got the AirPods, wireless Bluetooth headsets became popularized. I'm not saying AirPods were the first, um, but usually with brands like Apple, they kind of bring things to the masses and make things popular if you, if you really look at it. And that kind of signaled the death of the headphone jack. Think about it. How many devices do you see with, with headphone sockets anymore? It's all Apple's fault, I'm showing you. It's their fault. They brought out this silly dongle thing and they, they did that on purpose. They didn't make it 
convenient for you to stick to your normal wired headphones let's be honest so whether you like it or not you're going to end up with bluetooth headphones and this is the era we're moving into the wireless era where like everything is just so clean and minimal to the point where i'm reading reports about the next iteration of the iphone is not even going to have charging ports so you're going to have to charge it wirelessly interesting times and what else you had the crypto frenzy i spoke about that in the last podcast 2017 was when bitcoin and crypto became household conversations let's go to a quick snippet all of cash or cards aren't you think don't worry because of course there are always bitcoins and what a week it's been incredible for anyone who owns any cryptocurrency its value rose this week 70 percent peaking at over seventeen thousand dollars well let's talk to dominic frisbee he's the co-host of the money pit a very good morning to you dominic um first of all a lot of people still very bemused about what the bitcoin is um will people actually see the tangible benefits of its value going up in the last week well um, it's not something that you can touch or feel, but it is cash for the Internet. That is what it was designed to be. In other words, when you make a cash transaction with physical money, it's a direct frictionless transaction that involves no middleman. And um, Bitcoin was invented to be a digital replication of that. And there's a tangible benefit to any, anyone who happens to own Bitcoins or is involved in the um, cryptocurrency space. And secondly, Blockchain technology, blockchain is the technology behind Bitcoin. This is the technology on which money systems of the future are going to be based. Money is tech. Um, you know, you go all the way back through history. It was, you know, the, the, the casting of coins, the ability to cast coins and certify the amount of um, gold or silver or copper in a coin, you know, led to that coins being used as money. The printing press led to paper being used as money. Money's always been tech. And this is the money tech of the future. And the more exposure that it gets and the more people that become interested in it, the more investment that pours in, the quicker the acceleration of this new technology will be and the better it will be for everyone. Well, that's interesting. So there'll be people watching this wondering if they've missed the boat because we've been talking about Bitcoins for a little while. A lot of people not necessarily paying attention to it until they saw what happened this week. And many people wondering, well, is the bubble about to burst? Have I missed my chance? But you think this is the future? Uh, well, it's certainly the future, but have they missed the boat? Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, the boat sort of left the port at the beginning of this year or even five years ago. This has been the greatest money-making opportunity of all history. And I don't say that lightly. People who got in early have made literally millions of times their money. Now, dot-com, you know, was a bubble, but dot-com was right in the sense that the Internet was the future. But, the, you know, the bubble preceded the widespread adoption of the Internet. Something similar is probably going on with Bitcoin. Now, is the bubble going to pop at $15,000 or is it going to pop at $100,000? Nobody knows. It's a bubble. It's a speculative mania like never before. But at the same time, the technology is also the future. So, yeah, that's everyone that got their fingers burnt. Um, if you sold at a good time, good for you. Give yourself a pat on the back. But yeah, it remains to be seen what happens with blockchain. That is something that will be something to watch um, in the 2020s. What is going to happen with digital currency and blockchain? We'll be covering that as we find out more bits and pieces of information. Remember when we used to display our CDs and our DVDs, like something to be proud of? Well, that era came to an end this decade as well when we traded 
are CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays for subscription services such as Spotify, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime Video. And a lot of us became what is referred to as cord cutters. So we don't really see the need for cable or subscription TV. It's all about streaming. So companies like Netflix, this is the decade where we actually got the, the term Netflix and chill. This didn't exist 10 years ago. So a lot of cultural references <laughs> have been created here. Yeah, so this is the decade of Netflix and chill. Netflix is one of the most important um, companies of this decade because it was a service that lured us away from subscription TV and broadcast TV in general. So a lot of Gen Z and millennials would actually prefer Netflix to broadcast TV. Um, unless we're talking about things like news and sports. So important to the fact that um, on January the 12th, 2014, the video and DVD giant Blockbuster Video filed for bankruptcy. So by January the 12th, 2014, Blockbuster Video closed all 300 remaining corporate-owned Blockbuster Video stores in the US. All the stores worldwide were um, eventually closed. Subsequently. And they were the blueprint for, you know, video and DVD rentals, which Netflix brought into the digital era. I've never seen 10,000 tapes in one store. There's so much kid stuff. And I can keep them for three evenings. Ordinary video stores don't even come close to Blockbuster Video. We even have a 24-hour quick drop. Wow. Wow. favorite family video store from over there is now over here yeah the end of an era 2014 no more blockbuster video the 2010s were also the decade where podcasts reached mass adoption i don't even think we're at mass adoption yet but we definitely um with podcasts it became a household conversation um in the last i don't know maybe two or three years to the point where all the major publishers, they've now decided to get involved in podcasting. A lot of major TV and radio studios are now investing in podcasting. Spotify invested $340 million to buy Gimlet Media as well. They're now heavily invested in, in podcasting in a bid to become an audio first platform, not just uh, music streaming, but for audio in general. So uh, spoken word, podcasts, audio books, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Culturally, um, that was the, this was the decade that podcasts became accepted even more so than radio. I mean, when was the last time you listened to FM radio? A lot of the people I know and myself included, I only listen to podcasts now. Like, it's very rare that I listen to radio only, maybe only in the car um, because I can't be bothered to pair the phone with the, the car stereo. I can't be bothered sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's a different conversation. But um, podcast is, is becoming a very, very serious conversation to the point where, you know, they're just trying to work out how advertising would work in the podcast space. That's probably the only thing now. It's a, it's a case of how is advertising actually going to work? Um, how do people define a, a, a working business model for buying and selling advertising? Um, once they can figure that out, <laughs> I'm not sure what the position of radio will be. 
But yeah, that is another cultural shift that we've had in the past decade. So this year, we've had a few epiphanies. We've realised that social media has real world consequences. Some of them that we didn't really consider when we first started playing around with it. Um, you had the Cambridge Analytical scandal. As, you had the Cambridge Analytical scandal as well with Facebook. So it made us rethink our ideas on privacy, how much information we're giving to all these companies as well, um, how it can be used in elections. Um, all these new conversations popping up, and that's creating a new conversation that these social media companies have to consider when uh, developing their products further. So. Privacy, that's going to be the next frontier of social media. 5G as well, the next standard in wireless connectivity that is going to influence the next decade. Uh, don't know what's going to happen with that, but my guess is virtual reality, the Internet of Things, driverless vehicles, uh, autonomous drones and stuff like that, robotics, machine learning. It's a long list, but to kind of like articulate it in a way where you can, you know, relate it to everyday living is very, very difficult at this point. But yeah, 5G is going to be, well, once we get past the health concerns and all the conspiracy theories, theoretically, it's going to be a game changer. It's going to introduce all sorts of new industries just to, in the same way, you know, 4G kind of unlocks the potential of the smartphone. And also like Instagram making those changes in terms of like removing the like count on social media is going to affect the social issues that we have around social media, such as the body confidence, um, fear of missing out, um, the mental health challenges surrounding social media and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What is 2020 going to hold? What is the next decade going to hold? in terms of media, communication, business, technology. It's going to be an interesting one, folks. Definitely going to be an interesting one. We've had a conversation about dating, online banking, media, communication, uh, entertainment. Um, so much stuff. So much stuff. But yeah, let me know if you think I've missed any key points of this decade. Use the hashtag RedesignPod. Get involved in the conversation. And uh, we'll be back in the new year um there will be a one week hiatus so we're gonna go away for a week uh, while we organize call school and get orientated for the new year ahead so there will be a one week hiatus and then we'll be back with brand new episodes uh, so yeah take care have a very happy new year hope you enjoyed the podcast that is it for now until next year people be safe take care and bye for now we design we design